The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... pick up a starving dog and make him prosperous, he will not bite you. That is the principal difference between a dog and a man. So said Mr. Mark Twain. Of course, what Mr. Twain didn't take into consideration was the fact that dogs and men have widely differing views on what it is that constitutes prosperity. Will you be home late to dinner again tonight, Alan? I, uh, I won't be home at all, I'm afraid. Oh? Yeah, an old professor of mine's in town, and he wants to get together with some of his former students. Well, if you won't be home, I'll go to pistol practice. Pistol? What are you talking about? You know me. I like to take courses. This is one in shooting a pistol. <laughs> Why would you want to learn how to fire a pistol? mystery drama, Diana the Huntress, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Terry Keene. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Time cools, time clarifies, no mood can be maintained unaltered indefinitely. Time changes us all, or it should. There are those who resist, who hold on, who refuse to let go of yesterday's truths, even though they have been revealed as today's lies. Okay, Mrs. Manley. Now let's look at the target. There, you see? Oh, they're not exactly on the bullseye, are they, Sergeant? <laughs> no, ma'am. Uh, they're between the outer edge of the bull and four rings. Uh, but you see this? Mm, what's that? Well, it's cluster, uh, what we call a group. All the bullet holes are together. Uh, now, that is what is important. Why? Because it means I'm uh, sending all the shots into the same place. Oh, I see. And my gun throws slightly to the right. Now, if I adjust it more to the left, I'd uh, have the center of the bullseye. So, well, now, you ready? <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. Now, you remember that deep breath. Mm -hmm. You just hold it and you squeeze. <laughs> I right, find the target. Now, hold it. Squeeze. Hey, I can tell from here you did okay. Will you look at that target, huh? It's a nice group. A little bit high, but that's okay. Uh, listen, are you sure you're new at this? Never held a gun in my hand till last week. Well, all I can say is, you must be a natural. Yes? Your wife is here. Oh, uh... Why, uh, tell her to come in, Janet. Ah. 
Well, what are you doing downtown? Yes. I haven't the faintest idea. I've just had a lesson. What kind? Yes. Look, look I, I really don't have the time, Diana. What kind would you suppose? I don't know. Ballet, art, gourmet cooking. I... No. Well, what kind of lessons do housewives take these days? I take basic finance and money management, principles of law, computer analysis, and programming. I, really? Well, I didn't know. Well, which of them did you have this morning? None of them. Oh? Something new? Yes. What? Pistol shooting. Pistol? Yeah. More accurately, revolver. A thirty-two caliber double-action Harley Clawson revolver. What are you talking about? It's a range. A, a school, actually. My instructor is an off-duty detective. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Uh, why would you... I, I just find it interesting. And it's a marvelous exercise in coordination. <laughs> so, uh, okay... Uh, will you be home late for dinner again tonight? Oh, uh, dinner. Oh, yeah, look, I meant to tell you, uh, I won't be home at all. No? No, uh, Dr. Palliser's in town, and he's invited a few of us, you know, who were students, uh, to spend the evening with him. Palliser? Mm-hmm. Oh, Dr. John Palliser, I remember you had him for cardiology. Yeah. Well, give him my regards. Okay, I will. And uh, don't wait up, Diana. I, you know, I may be late. Uh, all right. Oh, hey, it's almost noon. Can you take me to lunch? Uh, no, I can't have any. I'm due at the hospital. Ah, oh, well. We will have breakfast tomorrow morning, won't we? <laughs> well, of course. Alan? Uh, uh, what is it, Jenna? No, I don't suppose you have. You don't suppose I have what? If you had, we'd be talking about it, wouldn't we? Oh. Yes. Oh. Look, Janet, I, I am going to do it. Of course you are, darling. Of course. Hey, look, I mean it. Let's not talk about it. I am going to ask her for a divorce. Now, there is no two ways about that. I said, let's not talk about it. Why not? A woman like me. I suppose I could be called the other woman. Is in a very awkward position. Oh, Janet. It's what your sports reporters call a no-win situation, isn't it? Please, please, Janet. If we continue to talk about it, I'll have to ask you when. And soon I'll be nagging you, won't I? Janet. Janet, I have every intention. And then I shall be like your wife who nags you all the time. And you shall say to yourself, where is the improvement? And that's the end of me. Janet, I love you. And I love you. I, I just can't live with her any longer. Then don't. But it's, it's, it's easy to say don't. We have been married for 15 years. You don't know how hard she worked to put me through college and then through medical school. I'm sure she worked very hard. And look, there's... There were some lean times when I was doing my residency. When I, when I first went into practice. And... Yes. Well, it's only been recently that I've been making some decent money. And now, Janet, I have to do it, but at my own pace and in my own way. Of course. Just bear with me a little bit longer. I just. 
have to get used to the idea. That's all. Fowler again with the evening features. My guest is a man who can give us a few tips on how to live a little bit longer. Hello? Oh, yes, Doris. Oh, I'd love to come downstairs for some bridge, but Alan isn't home. No, it's some kind of medical meeting with an old professor of his who happens to be in town tonight. Uh, no, 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 I don't mind being alone. Listen, when you're a doctor's wife, you get used to it. Okay. Another time, sure. Of course. Everything depends on your heart. Dr. John Freeman Palliser, you are one of the world's leading cardiologists. Dr. Palliser? Tell us, how can we be good to our hearts so that our hearts can be good to us? Basically, it's a matter of common sense. Dr. Palliser. Lady, nobody's allowed in the building this hour of the night, not anymore. I want to see the Jane Fowler show. No, she don't have no audience. Is the show live? Oh, sure, it's live. Is her guest live, too? Well, what do you think? Dr. Palliser, is he here? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, the show is over. Here they come right now. Certainly a remarkable show, Dr. Palliser. A lot of listeners are going to live longer who heard it. Yes, that was Dr. Palliser. That was Dr. Palliser. I love everything about you, Janet. You're fresh, you're new, you're exciting. <laughs> you're something new to me, too. Uh, I want to go places. I take a year, two years, travel, see the world. And what about your practice? I've always wanted to be a sailor. Uh-huh. Uh, what's the difference now, Come on, let's get out of here. All right. Shall we go to your place? It's late. Well, if it's late for you, then... No, not for me. What about her? Oh, well, she thinks I'm having a sort of medical meeting tonight. All right. What's that tone I detect in your voice? I wasn't aware of any particular... Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Come on, what are you thinking about? I'm just thinking how nice it will be when we're close together. Now, you are also thinking of something else. Yes. I also think you want to get caught. How can you say that? That would resolve matters for you, wouldn't it? What's the matter, darling? Oh, nothing, nothing. I, I, I'm just nervous, I suppose. I... Would you like to watch a little television? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, no, it's not. Well, why not? Because that'll make us like any old married couple. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll see if there's anything on, huh? If you say so. Let me look at the paper. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really sorry that I'm so nervous tonight. It's all right, darling. I'll tell you a program that we missed. Jane Fowler in the news. Well, why on earth would I want to watch Jane Fowler? Why is the name Palliser familiar? Palliser? Oh, yes. 
He's a sort of gray eminence, the old professor you're supposed to be with tonight. Hey, well, what about him? He was Jane Fowler's guest this evening. Who? He was? Oh, oh no. Oh, here, let, let me see that. Oh, oh, no, it can't be. I told Diana that I was, was going to be having dinner with him tonight. Yes. Oh, all the dumb luck. She watches that stupid program, too. Does she? Look, would I say she did if she didn't? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, what am I going to do now? Leave. Leave and say you were with Dr. Palliser until he had to go to the station for the interview. Oh, look, that was two hours ago. What took me so long to get home? You had a flat tire. Oh, come on. I don't drive in the city. Well, then you'll have to face her. Or perhaps you won't. What do you mean? Maybe she'll let it go. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Not Diana. Oh, oh, no, not her. Can you be sure? Maybe she doesn't want to face the prospect of a divorce either. What do you mean, either? Well, I'm willing to face it. All right. What does that all right mean? I better not say another word. It will have to be the wrong one. Janet, what am I going to do? Don't ask me. The, the reason I couldn't... Well, the reason I'm having trouble asking her is, is... Well, I don't know what she'll do when I say it to her. I don't know how she's going to handle it. Alan, she'll have to accept it. Accept it the way a modern, intelligent, civilized woman would. Oh, boy, these things sound so glib, so, so pat. Oh, darling, what can I tell you? Suppose she does find Donna. What is she going to do? You'll have to wait and see, won't you? Uh, yeah. Yes, I guess I will. Darling. Hmm? Let me make you something warm to drink. No, 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 I'm, I'm all right. Well, maybe I'd better be getting home. I'm going to have to face her sooner or later. Yes, you will. Is that, is that the doorbell? Yes. It's Diana. Diana? Are you expecting anyone? No, of course not. Well, it can't be anyone else. What if she wants? What is she going to do? A good enough question on which to end our first act. And what is she going to do? She seems to be a rather volatile lady, you know. And we know she's a rather good markswoman with a revolver. Does this mean we are in for fireworks in Act Two? We'll find out in just a few minutes. Nothing can be more suspenseful or frightening than the knock on the door late at night when you don't know who it is. Of course, it can even be more suspenseful and frightening when you do know who it is. No one can be more terrifying than the stranger whom we've known all our lives. It's Diana. It must be Diana. Let me find out. How? I'll ask. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't say anything. Now, maybe she'll think there's no one here and she'll just go away. But if I... Be quiet. Don't say anything. Alan! <sighs> I told you. I told you. Let me in. Open the door. No, no, no. Don't open it. But you will have to face her. I know. I know you're in there, Alan. Open this door. Better open the door. She is angry. She is too angry now. 
You asked for it. She's got a gun. She's, she's shooting at the lock. Oh, no. Diana. Yes. It's Diana. You... Look, that, look, look, you, you've got a pistol. It's a revolver, you can see. Yeah, now, Diana. Is Professor Pallister here, too? If he is, I hope he's wearing more clothes than you are. Diana, we must talk. Oh, yes, I'm going to talk. With this. And now, Miss Janet Morse. Now for you. Oh, it won't go off. Why won't it go off? Mrs. Manley? She shot him. She wanted to shoot me, too. Uh, Mrs. Manley, uh, Carl, take a look at him. Where's your phone? Uh, it's you, Sergeant Davis. Imagine you here. Yes, sir. Uh, hello, uh, Davis here. Uh, I'm at 98 West Hartford. Now you get an ambulance here fast. Uh, is he still breathing, Carl? Yes, he is. Yeah, it's a shooting, all right. Why, what can I tell you? I showed her how to do it myself. No, 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 nothing, nothing. Just forget it. You're crying out loud, Mrs. Manley. Why? He was cheating on me. Okay, but couldn't you... Couldn't uh... I what? Well, couldn't you just get a divorce? No. You don't understand. Okay. You tell me. I met him. He was nobody. Everybody thought he was nobody. I thought he was somebody. I worked. I put him through school. You don't know how I worked. I waited on tables and department stores, long hours. For what? So he could become a doctor. Now he's somebody. I made him into somebody. Why should she have him? What did she ever do for him? Well, she says you tried to kill her, too. Yes, I would have. The gun was empty. Uh, all right, Mrs. Manley. Is... Is he alive? The hospital says he's critical. I'm sorry. I should have killed him. You don't mean that. I don't know what came over me. All of a sudden, I must have gone crazy. Well, Detective Harley here is taking down everything he said. And that could be your statement. Are you willing to sign it? Why not, Sergeant? It's the truth. Sanford Ullman. Well? The court has asked me to examine you. For what? Well, they say for your sanity. Oh. I see you've been reading the newspapers. I always read the newspapers and listen to the broadcasts. 
I'm very curious about the news. You've even been given a name by the media. Diana the Huntress. Do you remember shooting your husband? When I try hard, I can see a woman shooting him. And who is that woman? She looks like me. But is she you? She has to be me. They found me there, the police. Your husband may or may not live. Are you aware of that? Yes. If he dies, you can be prosecuted for murder. Murder? Yes. Now, how did you find out that your husband was having an affair? It was an accident. He said he was going to spend an evening with an old professor of his... And then I saw the professor on the Jane Fowler show. Yes? I caught him in a lie, and suddenly I saw everything. Please tell me what you mean by everything. All the evenings he said he was busy. Doctors have many busy evenings. Doing what? It isn't the way it used to be when he went out on house calls. No, everything just came together. His nurse. That's Miss Morse. The way he looked at her. The certain tone I would sometimes hear in his voice when he spoke to her. A look? A tone of voice? That was all you needed? Yes. Because it was the same look he had in his eye. The same tone he had in his voice. When he used to be in love with me. And for that reason, and that reason alone, you tried to kill him. Isn't that reason enough? Before you saw Dr. Palliser on the news program, you had absolutely no idea that he was being unfaithful? I told you, no. None. All right, Mrs. Manley. Do you have anything else you want to say to me? What would I have to say? Think about it. I'll be back here tomorrow morning. Something might occur to you. Miss Morse? Yes? May I come in? Not if you're a newspaper reporter or with television. No, 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 no. I'm a doctor. Oh, I probably need one by this time. Thank you. What do you do for a headache? The best thing is to find the basic cause. I suppose so. But that might take a lifetime. Yeah, it usually does. Why are you here? How well did you know Mrs. Manley? Not very. But you knew something about her. It was mostly at second hand, what he would tell me. Or what did you know at first hand? Only what I could see when she would come to the office to bother him. You, uh, you said bother. So you know something already. It was obvious that she was bothering him. How? She would always be there to complain about something. Such as? Neglect. That's what it all amounted to. Why wasn't he home more often? I suppose she simply couldn't understand that a doctor has a great many obligations that keep him away from home. Oh, yes. And as it turns out, one of them was you. Only because I was more important to him. How did she behave toward you? She was always quite cordial. Did she suspect you in any way of having an affair with her husband? If she did, she never showed it. I see. Well, you've been quite helpful to me, Miss Morse. 
I wish you could be helpful to me. Someone should get the media off my back. I can't leave the house without being surrounded. I'm sorry. I suppose I'll spend the rest of my life being known as the other woman. Well, think of her. She'll always be known as Diana the Huntress. I don't think either of us really fit our parts. She was standing there, Doctor. You know? Just standing there quietly. That revolver, it was lying on the floor right by her left shoe where she dropped it. And that was the scene when you walked into the room, hmm? The girl, uh, the nurse, Miss Morse, uh, she was hysterical. Who could blame her? She kept repeating, she shot him, she shot him. She wanted to shoot me, too. But Miss Manley just stood there staring. Staring at what? I don't know. Maybe at nothing. Like she was in a trance. And then suddenly she says, it's you, Sergeant Davis. She knew you? Oh, yes, yes. Well, how, how, how? Well, there's this pistol range, and I moonlight there as an instructor. She was taking lessons. Why? It's not a bad sport. Was she aware of what she had done? Yes, yes, I, well, I would think so. Did she say why she had done it? Yeah, she said she found out he was two-timing her. So she killed him. Yeah, she was mad. I mean, angry. She'd done the wifely sacrifice bit, and now she was being thrown out for a younger dame. Is that what she said? Well, that's what it came down to. And so she tried to kill him in a white heat. Well, white, red, whatever it is, she just came apart at the seams. Uh, if he dies, will it be temporary insanity, Doc? That's what we have to find out. I only have a few minutes, Dr. Allman. I must make a plane. How can I help you? Dr. Palliser, do you remember a student by the name of Alan Manley? Manley, Manley. Why is that name familiar? Oh, yes, it's been in the news. His wife tried to shoot him. Do you remember him? Is he that Manley? Which Manley? Don Juan Manley. He had a reputation for being quite a lady killer. I... I suppose the reverse was almost true. Is he going to live? Well, he's still on the critical list. I hope he pulls through. Don Juan Manley, eh? Yes. That's how I remember him. When did you find out that your husband was being unfaithful? I told you when I caught him in that lie about Dr. Pallister. No, 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 I don't believe it. Are you accusing me of being a liar? You say you found out two nights ago. I say you knew long before then. I say you knew it 15 years ago. That isn't true. That is not true. It is or it isn't. It gets down to the basic question. What did she know and when did she know it? Well, whatever she knew and when, one thing is certain. We are going to know it all in Act Three. the siren sang, what name Achilles assumed when he hid himself among the women, though puzzling questions are not beyond all conjecture. No, indeed, sir philosopher, the most puzzling questions are not those of the far away, the long ago, 
but the plain, simple, everyday ones that always exist between men and women. You knew he was unfaithful 15 years ago. That's a lie, Dr. Ullman. You didn't know? It isn't true. He was never unfaithful to me. Well, then why was he called Don Juan Manley? Oh. Oh. That. Yes, yes, Mrs. Manley, that. I see you've been doing some research. Yes, I have. You know what they say about knowledge. A little bit is worse than nothing at all. The same thing can be said about research. You dig, but you only scratch the surface. We do. Had you dug deeper, you'd have found out it was a joke. (laughs) It was a joke. He was the most, the most repressed, the shyest man in the class. I'm sure I was the first girl he ever really kissed. That's why they called him Don Juan. You know how cruel people can be when it comes to a joke. How did you meet him? I was working in the campus coffee shop. I was behind the counter. It was getting late near closing. And he was sitting there, just sitting. He finished eating long ago. And so I remember I said to him, Would you like to pay that check? It's time to close. Hmm? Oh, oh, I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tomorrow's another day. Uh, yeah. A dollar eighty and seven cents tax. Huh? Oh. Yeah, I have it here somewhere. Uh, seventy-five dollar, twenty, thirty, forty-five, sixty. What? Wait, wait a minute. I, I have to have another twenty-eight cents somewhere. I, yeah, I could have sworn it. You you don't have twenty-eight cents? Well, I uh, I I, I guess not. Uh, Will I have to wash dishes? No, no, no. You'd probably break more than 28 cents worth. Listen, you pay me tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yes, that's what I said. Well, I may not be here tomorrow. Oh, no? Oh, I... See, I'm fed up with the whole business. What whole business? School. I've been going to school all my life. Grade school and high school and college and now med school. Well, you have to go to school if you want to get someplace. Uh, I suppose... All right, what's someplace? It's a place where you're somebody. Well, I'm somebody now. I am Alan Manley. I, I just, I just want the. Yeah, yeah. You just want what? Just to be like everybody else. Who's everybody else? You know, guys that don't kill themselves studying. You kill yourself? I do. You know why? Because I'm not as smart as the other guys in my class. Ah, uh, they all kill themselves too. None of them have it easy studying. I hear them talking. No, no, I am killing myself working. I have to hold on to two jobs to make it, and at the end of the week, I'm flat broke. And what for? So I could be a doctor? Oh, no, I've had it. I, I, no, I'm, I'm quitting. No, I'm going to quit. Don't. What do you mean, don't? If you quit, you'll regret it the rest of your life. How do you know? Mm, just believe me. What is it to you, anyway? No, I... I wouldn't like you to be unhappy. Well, I'm unhappy now. And why should you care? I've seen you come in, and you always have such a sad look on your face. Makes me feel sad, too. And I'd like to help you. Mm. How could you hope to help me, huh? Look, never mind how this sounds. But if you need any money... 
What are you saying? I could let you have some money. <laughs> I couldn't take any money from you, from, from a stranger. Well, we wouldn't have to be strangers. You know, I... I, I never met a girl like you before. <laughs> well, that's not much of a compliment. You strike me as a fellow who hasn't met many girls. Oh, yeah. But I guess if more girls were like you, well, I mean, I would have met more girls. Well, there's certainly nothing special about me. I never even finished high school. But you, you're somebody. Oh, I don't feel as if I were somebody. I could make you feel like somebody. And you are going to be a doctor. And he became a doctor. Yes. I worked at two jobs. We were married. I worked all the time, but he went through school. It wasn't easy. Yes, I know. I, I know what it is to go to medical school. But you don't know what it is to go to medical school and do a day's work at the same time. Even though I was... Always on one job or another, it wasn't enough. He had to find something, too, and lots of times I'd come home and find him fast asleep over his books. Hey. Hmm. Hey, come on. Get up. I'll make you some coffee. What? <clears throat> you fell asleep. Oh, I am so tired. I know. You know, I had to put in four hours with that road crew. Well, but it pays good money. Oh, no, no. oh, oh there is no such thing as good money. Oh, I'm, I want to go to sleep. No, you can't. Why can't I? You've got your anatomy exam tomorrow. Give me the book. I'll quiz you. Oh, come on, I'm too tired. Oh, I'm going to take a cold shower. Just leave me alone, will now, you? Now, they're going to ask about the chest. Start with the xiphoid process. Oh, look, I said I am going to sleep. You do, and you'll never be a doctor. Well, that suits me just fine. Come on, sit down. We've worked too hard and come too far for you to quit now. Oh, look, oh, I, I'm so tired. What is the xiphoid process? Uh, it's the, uh, the, the cartilaginous sword-shaped process that the... Uh... No, 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 come on, keep awake. All right, the lower... Uh, or the breastbone. Or, or the... Or the... Or the... The sternum. Sternum. Can I go to sleep now? We have only just begun. I hope you don't mind my coming here again, Miss Morse. Not if it will be helpful, Doctor. Well, what did you and Alan talk about? <laughs> what do people who are having an affair talk about? How much they love each other. How happy they are that they found each other. How frightened they are that they may lose each other. Any specific areas of conversation? Yes, I remember one. Travel. What about travel? We spoke about getting away more often. On vacation? No, these would be more than vacations. Trips, lengthy trips. A year, two years. And uh, what did he say he would do about his medical practice? He didn't say. He would get a faraway look in his eyes and say, I've always dreamed of being a sailor. A sailor? Yes. I think that would have made him very happy. A sailor? A sailor? What made him say that? Had he ever said anything about being a sailor? 
All little boys say they want to be sailors or cops or firemen. Yeah, but he wasn't a little boy when he met you. Oh, yes, he was. He was. In so many ways. So he did want to be a sailor. Left to his own devices, he would have gone to sea. Left to his own devices, he could have sunk down into Skid Row. But you you saved him from that. Yes. And you say he was never unfaithful to you before? Never? Never. All those times when he was supposed to be studying, out working in the library, there was never another woman. No, there wasn't. Well, now, how can you be so sure? After all, you only caught him by accident this time. It isn't true. Why would he want another woman? Why? To get some quiet, to get someone soft and gentle who would let him alone. You're lying. No, am I? Just look, look, look at you. Your husband is wealthy, successful. Your clothes are expensive. Your home, it's a show place. How far you've come from that... That frowsy little girl who worked behind the counter at the campus cafe. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a girl. A girl who had nobody and nothing. Yes, oh yes. She had one thing. Ambition. But what could she do about it? One day, a young man came into her life. He had an opportunity to go places, but, but absolutely no ambition. And so she decided to supply it for him. You're talking about me. Of course I am. And if I did, if I did decide to give him some ambition, make him work hard, what's the matter with it? Nothing. Provided it doesn't go wrong, go bad. With you and Alan Manley, it did. That isn't true. Well, then why are we here? Why are you being held in prison? And why is he lying at death's door in the hospital? Because... Because I... I couldn't control myself. It just came over me when I found out. You found out a long time ago. No. You always knew about your husband and Janet Morse. No, I didn't. Soft, sweet, relaxed. You could see she's the opposite of everything you are. Hard, bitter, nervous. She could afford to be sweet and calm and relaxed. She didn't have to make him shape up. I could have been soft and relaxed. He was your passport from the coffee pot to the penthouse. You weren't doing this for him. It was for yourself. How can you say that? Would he have been better off as just a, a merchant seaman with nothing? Only he can answer that question. Now, you've been weeks preparing for this, this, this spontaneous outburst of passion. You even took shooting lessons so you could be sure to kill him. You knew he was cheating. You can't prove that. You were getting ready for a new life without him. You were taking courses. He has money, so do you. That's why you started to study finance and business law. And maybe you wanted a job. So you're studying computer programming. That isn't true. You registered for these courses. You're attending them. Well... I... Excuse me. Dr. Ullman here. Oh, yes. Oh? Well, thank you very much. The hospital. He's taking a turn for the better. 
Oh. He has a good chance now. Mrs. Manley, let me ask you a question. When did you know he was having an affair with Miss Morse? I told you. I didn't. Please. About a year. Since the day she came to work for him. That's better. What am I going to do now? What's going to become of me? Instead of shooting him, why didn't you ask yourself two very simple questions? First, why did he want to have an affair? Second, why in the space of a year hasn't he asked you for a divorce? I don't know. If he were happy at home, he wouldn't have looked at another woman. And if he were very unhappy, he would have left you. He's where a great many men are, and women too, in betwixt and between. He can go either way. It's up to you. What's up to me? Whom will he choose? You or Miss Morse? What can I do? Can I let him throw it all aside and go to sea? If that's what he wants, she's willing. Oh, What's she got to lose? Everything. Everything, just as you have. Maybe he really doesn't want to go to sea. Maybe he just wants to know it would be all right with you if he did. And suppose I were to say yes, and he went. Well, that's the chance you take, isn't it? Or would you rather nourish your grudges and nurse your hatred... And try to shoot him again. We always like to close these little tales, if we can, on a question. Thus, we have a story that never ends, but goes on and on, just like life itself. Of course, if Diane and Alan patch it up and live happily ever after, no one will care to hear anything about it. But if there is another shooting... Oh, my. That makes a story, doesn't it? I'll be back shortly. Sacrifice. Literature and life are filled with stories of noble sacrifice, of people who gave up everything for one another. And there is a certain aura of nobility attached to it. The word sacrifice itself in Latin literally means to make something sacred. Sacred to whom? Can it truly be a sacrifice if there's an ulterior motive and you really enjoy doing it? I'm not being cynical. Just curious. Our cast included Terry Keene, Earl Hammond, Jada Rowland, and Arnold Moss. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Raven House Paperback Mysteries. This is E.G. Marshall, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
on WGN television. It comes at 9 o'clock, a full hour ahead of the others, and you get more news. The others compress Chicago's news with the rest of the world. We don't. We give you both and in depth. You get more of Chicago's news, weather, and sports from people who know Chicago. Veteran news reporter John Drury with 20 years of Chicago broadcasting experience. The most gratifying part of this business is being on the street and reporting the news, and that's what I do. Meteorologist Tom Skilling. I spend six hours each day preparing for the 9 o'clock weather segment. And veteran Chicago sportscaster Bill Frank. I've been covering sports here in Chicago since 1963. Now, that's a long time. The 9 o'clock news is more than headlines. You'll get a complete summary of important world and national events from Pat Harper, Steve Bosch, and Bill Jorgensen in New York. More news, earlier than the others from experienced journalists. The 9 o'clock news, nightly on...